heroes. Highlights and hardships with Triple M's Rush Hour. Welcome back to the Rush Hour, and this is our Three H's podcast, a hero, hardship, and highlight. And we're so lucky to have part of the Triple M NRL family, Wade Graham. He played 297 NRL games, a 2016 Premiership winning captain as well, mate. Wado, great to have you on uh, on on the Triple H podcast, mate. Uh, it's great to be happy to help out as always, mate. Take us through your a hero as from you as growing up. It might be on the footy field, it might be away. Well, maybe a, a hero in your life. Well, I suppose like um, you know, any any young boy, my you know, the first hero for me was my father. I grew mm. up with three sisters. Um, you know, mum and dad lived at home, so it was me and dad. You know, with the only boys there, and you know, I followed him around as far as a tattoo tip uh, most of my childhood. So, you know, I can't go past the old man to start with. But you know, when it comes to sport, obviously, uh, a lot of heroes um, in different domains like rugby league. Brad Fittler was probably you know at the top of my tree. Um, you know, I supported Penrith as a kid. I know he played for the Roosters most of the time, but growing up knowing that he debuted and started at Penrith and was the current, you know, origin and Australian captain. It was hard to go past Freddie. And, you know, of course, in that era was, was Joey Johns as well. Yeah. So that was probably my two rugby league heroes. And then, you know, cross sports, I'm a bit of a golf tragic. So, you know, Tiger Woods, Rory yeah. McIlroy, and, you know, probably Michael Jordan won out of the, out of the, out wide there. I don't really follow basketball, but, yeah. you know, anyone who knows Jordan, you can't be, yeah, help impressed by what that man was able to do in the game of basketball. Hey, when you talk about heroes, and obviously, you know, we, we all have our heroes, and obviously my dad was one of mine, but your dad, what did he instill in you, Wade? Because, you know, you're one of those guys, you've never been in trouble uh, through your footy career and off the field, you've always been respected in your voice in the game. And I remember playing against you too, and I just thought, you know, as a 17-year-old coming on, you always seem to be, you know, mature and, and, and ahead of your age. No, like some of the lessons that I learned off, was that like dad was just basic sort of courtesy things really like you know open the door for your mum or your sisters look a man in the eye when you shake his hand always you know follow through with your word if you, if you say you're going to do something then you do it um you know, treat treat people the way you want to be treated all those basic life lessons you learn as a kid I actually because of how I held my dad in my eyes um everything that he said to me I took as gospel so mm. If he told me that was the way to do things and that was the right way to go, well, then, you know, I tried to live up to that because I just, you know, I never wanted to let him down and I wanted to make him proud as a son. Um, and, yeah, all those basic lessons, it's mm. funny how, how how true they ring through, you know, through life, right? Like the yeah. same things haven't really changed. Look people in the eye when you shake their hands, be courteous, say thank you, say please. Um, I, I think if you're consistent in all those areas, well, you know, you're not going to let too many people down. Wait, you mentioned Freddie Fittler as being a, a hero as a player coming through. I mean, when was the first time you got a chance to meet him uh, and meet meet your hero? Uh, I was actually a ball boy um, for the New South Wales Origin team when I was maybe 11 or 12 years wow. old. Uh, so I was in the sheds and I was one of the younger ones. So I didn't actually get the great responsibility of holding the ball. But I ended up being um, getting thrown the tee, which was in my eyes. I ended up having a better night anyway because I got to run out for the kickoff and pass Joe the tee. Oh, uh, so to be involved that, that night uh, was the first time I I met um, you know met all those guys, Freddie, Joey, and the rest of the team. And wow. as a, as an adult, uh, and obviously if once I'd started playing in the in the NRL, I got picked in city country at maybe 
Oh, I can't tell you the year now. Mm. Maybe as a 21 or 22-year-old. Um, we got an opportunity to be coached by Freddie in that city team. So oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, learn, learn from it. I think Big Woodsy was in that in that team oh. as well. Well, he would have been in one of the, one of the teams over the year. He would have been on the bench for sure, <laughs> mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was a good time. And, you know, those city country camps, they were really fairly relaxed. Um, everyone was looking forward to the game at the end of the week. But it was an opportunity to really rub shoulders with other players across the game and obviously represent uh, where you come from as well at the end of the week with a game of footy. So... Really excited at that stage in my career um, to you know be coached by Freddie and like I said, rub shoulders with other players across the NRL. And wait, back on your old man. So obviously, like you said, everything that he's tell you as a kid was gospel. Um, you're a young kid. Obviously, your dream would be to play the NRL. You were lucky enough to play that at high school. How was it going home and telling your old man that you're about to make your debut for the Penrith Panthers at 17? Yeah, it was. It was, um, it was quite a whirlwind. It probably it happened really quick. You know, it was just sort of a, the perfect storm out there in Penrith where the, the the senior squad had lost quite a few players. Craig Gow had gone overseas and Peter Wallace had gone to Brisbane. So there was a bit of vacuum there in the halves and they had a few combinations playing, but it just wasn't going well for them. And we, at that time, would you probably remember, we had like a red-hot Penrith team, not dissimilar to the kids coming through now. Our, our junior teams back then were, were really strong and stacked. And a heap of us kids came through together and had an opportunity to debut throughout that 2007, you know, me in 2008 and that 2009 season. There was a real influx of pen of juniors into that team. So um, it happened really quick. But at that age, chasing the dream, you're, you're fearless and you just want to play. And I, I remember the phone call to mum and dad. Um, I was super excited. They were so proud and so happy for me. And, you know, obviously as a... The game got closer. The nerves kicked in for everyone. Um, and I remember, actually, my nan was living with us at the time. She was going to ring the coach and say, I was too young to play. You have to find someone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a lot of emotions yeah. that week in the house. And, you know, throughout my whole career, you know, all the ups and downs, your parents are there for you and, you, and your family are there for you. And um, certainly it's been a hell of a journey. I feel lucky, you know, that, that I got to bring my family along with, with my journey. Such an amazing career, Wade. What about a what about a highlight across the entire career? Oh, you can't get past the premiership. It's, mm. You know, it's the ultimate achievement. I, I think you can do as a teammate, as a club. You know, to climb that mountain and reach the top. To be a part of the you know the first ever inaugural one for the for the Cronulla Sharks is, is you know a little bit extra special. The club chased it for so long and uh, fell short just a couple of times. And yeah, it was always you know it had that bit of a you know, folklore and stigma behind it that the Sharks could never get it done. So to be a part of that team where it was a great season for us, it was, it was really enjoyable. At one stage, we won 15 in a row. So everything was really just flowing and um, the footy was, was going great for us. And we had a great bunch of guys. Uh, we managed to get it done there, you know, that first week end of October and the drought was over and we took the trophy home and yeah, certainly, you know, I can't go past that as a, a career highlight. I feel very lucky to be a part of that team. What about taking, after you win the comp and you go back to Shark Park, what was that moment like and, and seeing some of those long-suffering Shark supporters? Yeah, it was, it was surreal. Like that, not just the night we went back and then it was a fan day the next day mm. at Shark Park. And obviously just, you know, that whole, you know, off-season after, you just, you looked around the community and people were just walking a little bit taller. You know, their shoulders were back. They were just, so proud that the club had finally um, managed to achieve the, the premiership. Again, you know, they'd, they'd been close. It was obviously the replay in, in the 70s. Um, 
where Bobby Fulton knocked him over at the end, Manly, and then into the Super League days. And just after when they had a really good team and just fell short against the Broncos and just fell short a couple of times in the mm. semis, I think once again, one against that Dragons team. So they'd come close, but just hadn't quite got get there. So to be able to deliver that and, you know, I think over the coming weeks, post that grand final, I had more people in Cronulla say thank you, really. Like, thank you, then congratulations, because it's just meant so much to the community. Um, and, and all the the boys and the team and, the, you know, the, the staff were so proud that we could finally deliver one for, for the area. Wait, what's been a hardship for you? There's so many things, you know, been in and around your career and people don't understand how hard it is. What's been your hardship? Uh, I think I feel really lucky, I, I suppose. A couple of the injuries in the back end of my career, I had, you know, an ACL and, you know, the concussion stuff, I had to sit out of season. But dealing with the injuries over the years, um, as any athlete will tell you, you build yourself up for so long, whether it's, you know, training blocks or pre-seasons or just getting games um, and competition games in a row. But there's always a setback around the corner. At some stage, you just don't know when it's going to happen. And unfortunately, you know, a part of the beast, that is rugby league and sport is dealing with the injuries. And I think I'm 33 years old. Uh, I've had probably 11 or 12 surgeries, maybe a few more to come, depending on, you know, some certain results from some scans I get over the next few months. But yeah, that's, that's the hardest thing. You know, when you sign up for it, it's the nature of the beast. But certainly over the years, particularly our game takes its toll, you know, on you physically. And I feel now, I feel again, grateful I get to step away from it at mm. 33 years old two young kids who are healthy and you know they're, they're active boys and now it's my time to you know be dad and and put my physical health to the forefront as well so I can mm. look after those two boys you know it's something we always say Wado is it's part of the rugby league roller coaster you know you're gonna have your good times and you're gonna have your bad times how did you know you said something about your, your concussions your injuries how did you deal with that mentally away from footy mate well a lot of it you know, you know yourself, Woodsy and Jude and, and Dell, a lot of it comes from experience, right? You just don't know how you're going to cope or how you're going to react. But the way, we, the way we're driven as athletes, um, you know, we're very goal-orientated and uh, we rebound pretty quick with, with setbacks because you have to. Like our sport is week to week, day to day, you know, month to month. It's all broken up into different cycles. And, you know, when you go through those injury hardships, you have – that little bit of mourning period right after it happens when you're feeling a bit sorry for yourself and you're thinking, why me? Why, you know, why did it happen to me? What could I have done better to maybe prevent this injury? But then pretty quickly I found, um, you know, with the right performance stuff around you and physios, and uh, you, 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 as soon as you set that next goal and get into that rehab part of your cycle, I think that helps most athletes and mm. that's how I high cope. I just dived into, okay, what's done is done. Let's talk to the professionals and, you know, the doctors and the physios and let's set some targets and let's get after these targets. And although I might not be able to help the team out on the weekend physically by playing, but I can help, you know, the team in their preparation. I can help other players in their preparation and in the background while rehabbing, you know, I can go after some goals, whether it be fitness goals or strength goals or, you know, whatever the injury and, and the rehab allowed. So, I suppose just diving into training and, and really, you know, trying to you know, help the club in, in a way other than, you know, physically being out there on the weekend was how I went about things. 
Wait, I've, I'd sat in so many of those sort of retirement speeches from former players or former teammates, and then when it comes to actually saying it yourself and saying to your teammates, oh, look, I, I can't see myself playing past the end of this year, it, it, buddy, it hits you like a ton of bricks, doesn't it? I mean, how was it announcing to your teammates that you, you were finishing up at the end of the last season, and, and what was that sort of emotion like in the rooms? Yeah, again, I feel um, I feel really lucky about how it came about at the end of last season. Uh, we had my 250th for the club over mm. in Perth, which my mum and dad were able to fly over for. Um, and because we are getting the, late, uh, the red eye out of there, or we meant to get the red eye out of there, um, my partner and I thought it was better not for the boys to come because we're going to do a celebration uh, at home the following week anyway. But then the club went about organising a dinner for me to sort of commemorate the 250th appearance um, where Gal and E.T. came. And so once I realised who was going to be in the room, there was ex-players I played with. There was my current teammates, current staff, ex-staff, pretty much everyone who had any influence. Well, not any, but the biggest influences over me, um, you know, while I was at the club and throughout my career, all my family sitting in the room. It just, I couldn't have felt like there was a better time or a better moment than you know, being able to address everyone, you know, look them, like I said, look them in the eye and, and thank them personally. And I managed to, to be able to do that to everyone in the room that was there and it was really special. And, yeah, there was a couple of hairy moments and the emotion uh, almost got a little bit too much and I had to take a couple of um, couple of moments to gather myself. But, you know, I got there in the end and, you know, it was perfect for me because then I, after that I was able to do all the media questions um, and answer questions publicly but, you know, it was important for me privately and personally. I thanked everyone in person uh, that I felt like I had to. And, and then, obviously, it broke publicly after that. So I was, I was again, really grateful for the, the way that was, that managed to turn out because you, you just never know, right? You never exactly. know in sport, you know, when it, when it could be your last game. So I feel really grateful the way mine came about and the opportunities that I had to thank the necessary people and, you know, give the team enough time and enough notice so they could move on and, you know, obviously start looking to the future without me. And, and Wade, we had a little running joke back here. You had more farewells than John Farnan. But, um, <laughs> but, mate, so that last game against the Roosters, the semifinal at home at Shark Park, the, the, the bell goes, how was the emotions feeling? Like, did you get to soak it in or did it all go so quick and you're still thinking about it now? Uh, no, it went pretty quick, but... Like I said, it was a it was a bit of a um, you know, it did drag on a bit in the end there. I felt like for for me personally, and I think at the end I was, there was more disappointment about you know not getting the job done for the team, like because again, you know we haven't played well in the finals and we really haven't delivered when we needed to deliver. And then you know we had an opportunity in that game to get it done. Like we, we were probably the better team for the majority of the game. We had an opportunity to seal it late and we didn't. So yeah, I, I think the, the first initial feeling was just disappointment for the for the team. But then, you know, obviously, I've been in that situation before where you go out the back door when you're not quite expecting it, and everything sort of clicked in the gear after that. My, my kids came onto the field. Most of the Roosters players and my players came up and congratulated me and, and thanked me on in my career and my contribution. So I was really slow going after that. And then the families joined us in the sheds after, and again, I was filled with disappointment about not being able to, you know, capitalise on our opportunity. But again, the the, the boys and, and the staff really got behind me and, and we, we celebrated my career and my contribution. And now it's looking forward for the club and 
you know, they're starting pre-season now for the first time in quite a new transition period mm. where, you know, either me or Gao haven't really been a part of the club to to, to lead. So I'm, I'm really excited for where the club's at under Fitzy and, you know, I can't wait to see what the boys can do next season. Wait, just quickly, I know it's post-footy now, so I know you'll love playing golf. Can I just ask you, who are you sponsored by and who gave you that contact for Ping Golf? <laughs> well, the the club actually uh, buy me a retirement gift, girl. Uh, oh, girl yeah. They fit me out with a whole new set wow. of sticks. Um, they asked if I wanted to do a barbecue and I knocked that back and they said a better retirement gift is, is a set of golf clubs because I know I'm a tragic. So <laughs> um, I went down there, got fitted up the other day. I should get them in the next couple of weeks, but yeah. I need a couple of practice rounds, mate, before I uh, come and take you, otherwise you'll take my cash. <laughs> well, I, I saw what you did at Triple M Golf Day, mate. Unlucky, buddy. Oh. Golf yeah, Day. yeah, don't worry, mate. 12 months' time, there'll be a completely different figure on that golf course. <laughs> well, Wade, uh, you deserve the absolute send-offs of all send-offs, mate. 297 NRL games. You're an inaugural premiership sharky, mate. Congratulations on an incredible career, and thanks for joining us on the Triple H Podcast. Uh, glad to help, guys. Enjoy. Cheers, later. Wait, Drake. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell.